0: Hey, thank you for listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are streamed. As you guys know, amen, we just are coming off a three Vegas. day fast, man. What a great three days. Hallelujah. Come on. I mean, Las Vegas what, I mean, what an awesome time. If you participated you in that in any shape, form, amen, whatever you did, I believe the Lord honors that. We had like around five first timers that I know of. Amen, they went all three days, amen, and say, you know what, I did it, they felt good. Wednesday night here, man, it was just off the hook. I mean, people, God moved, amen, and there was just a great movement of God that we just really didn't want to leave this place. Come on, hey, somebody say amen, hallelujah. It was. Come on, give the Lord some praise, amen. There, God is setting us up for victory. And you got to remember, amen, that our theme is that. God wants to give you a shout back. Come on, somebody. Someone's saying, yeah! Come on, you, there has to be a shout. Don't, don't let, the, don't let a, the season go away. Don't let that, that, that what you are in your mind or what you want to do go away. You're going to have to stand on it, and you're going to have to shout even when you don't feel like shouting. And so it's all an attitude. It's all, all who you are. You've you got to shout because the devil can't read your mind. God knows everything, but the devil can't. But God the devil can read your expressions. And he knows when you're faking it. And he knows when you're not really having a shout. So you've got to have to put into your spirit, and it has to come out on the outward appearance. And so you've got to walk victorious. You've got to walk strong. Amen. First Kings 1747, which is our, 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 our scripture for our banner, he says he is victorious in battle, that the battle belongs to the lord hallelujah he gave us a song to carry us through this year that i'm going to see a victory right come on i'm going to see a victory amen god's going to turn what what was intended for evil to good come on come on god can do a turnaround come on some of some of you guys in this place god is doing a turnaround in your life come on god is doing a turnaround in your life and so he can turn what seemed to be evil to good so we're going to see a victory in 2020 But it starts not only with prayer, giving, and fasting, as we learned last week in that threefold cord that's not easily broken. But I think, church, we got to understand today, and it happened this morning, that we need to hit the altars. I said we need to hit the altars. How many know that there's power at the altar of God? Come on, we've seen a little bit of that power. You guys have felt that power even this morning. Amen. There is Holy Ghost Power at the altar, I believe that there's a river that flows from the throne of heaven amen into the altar right here. I believe there is a current right here uh, that's flowing inside of here that if you can just dip in it, God can take you somewhere. I say God can take you somewhere and God is flowing and there's a currency right now in the in the church today that God wants to take us from the where we're at. Come on, it seems like we can't move where we need to move, amen. We're kind of stuck here. We're stuck in 2019, 2018, whatever year it is that you're stuck in. You're stuck in a rut, amen. But if you jump into the current, are you listening? If you look, jump into the current, amen, it will take you somewhere. And from there, you've got to trust God. Come on. You ever been in in a, in a in a, in a in, at the ocean, amen, and there's waves that come? And waves will take you where you don't want to go, right? <laughs> Sometimes you, you, you'll eat it. Sometimes you'll go, and, and there's some things that will go inside there. And the, the, but sometimes in this currency that God has, the river, it's a river. It's not, a, it's not something of, of power, but it, there's a currency. You ever been in the lazy river? Come on, right? Come on, you just kick back in your inner tube, and go into a lazy river. You, know, you don't go into the rise. You kinda, that's where I go usually. I go in the lazy river, amen. I, I won't go into the dips and all the slides. I, I'd rather just flow. But that's what God does. He wants you to trust him that, you know what, there you just close your eyes and allow God to take you where he needs to take you. Can somebody say amen? At the altar of God, there's healing, there's deliverance, there's restoration, salvation. I mean, the list can go on and on. And today I want to minister a message entitled Living on the Altar. Living on the Altar. See, the problem with most of us here today and most people in church they are satisfied living around the altar. I want you to get this. Come on, there are people that are satisfied living on the world. But if you want revival, how many want revival in this place? Come on, if you want victory, how many want victory in this place? Hallelujah. If you want victory, if you want your shout back, you want a song in your heart, we have to live. Say, I have to live. We have to live on the altar. If you turn to First Kings 18. I'm going to share a story with you. And here, let me give you a history of what's going on here in 1 Kings 18. The land is in a drought. There's been a severe famine that has hit the land. It hasn't rained for three and a half years. And King Ahab is looking for Elijah. He's not looking to hang out with him. He's looking to take him out. He wants to kill him. And so Elijah sets up this meeting with King Ahab. And King Ahab of Israel meets Elijah with these words. In 1 Kings 18, 17, it says this, When he saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you, the troubler of Israel? Are you the one who's causing all the trouble in Israel? See, the definition of trouble is this, church. It means to stir up, to disturb, or to upset One thing that you have to realize is that when you get really serious with God, when you get really serious in serving the Lord, not just coming to church, but serving God, when you're 100% sold out, am I talking to anyone in this house? Come on, when you're 100%, listen, you will be viewed as a troublemaker. Come on. Because most people are satisfied to live around the altar, but the troublemakers are chosen to live on the altar. People who live on the altar are living are a living sacrifice to the Lord. In Romans 12, 1, it says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The NIV reads it like this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your true and proper worship. It's about getting back to the altar in 2020, church. In our text in 1 Kings 18, as you read on, it goes on to say that Elijah called the nation of Israel to go back to the altar. Listen, we need Uh, In this hour, in this time, in this season that we're in uh, today, we need men and women who will rebuild the altars. The altar is a meeting place with God. you got to understand right here at the altars this morning, God was meeting you. Come on, it's a meeting place. This is where you climb the mountain and you give up your Isaacs. Come on, this is a place of sacrifice where you die to self. This is a place where you get your shout back. This is a place where you get your song back, amen. This is a place, amen, when you come to the altar of God where you get your groove back. Come on, some of you need your groove back, amen. Come on, some of you guys are stuck somewhere else, amen, and God wants to give you a new song. He wants you to dance a different way, amen. And so you got to come to the altar, and this is what the altar is. You come to get your groove back. Can somebody say amen? See, in 1 Kings 18.31, it goes on to say this, that then Elijah called the people, come over here, and they all crowded around him, and he, as he, was, as he repaired the altar of God that had been torn down, he took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel. See, here Elijah took 12 stones. Somebody say 12 stones. Like I said, it symbolizes the 12 tribes of Israel, but it also means divine order or divine government as he was repairing or preparing the altar he was building a picture for israel under to go back under god's order to live listen according to god's word the bible says that if we rebuilt the altar he says he said if i can just get the people to rebuild it if i can get people to draw back I know that I can bring them back to the altar. I can bring the altar back to Israel, and Israel back to the altar, which in turn will bring them back to God. I want you to follow me. We need, say I need, we need to go back to the altar. Not only go back to the altar, but we need to live at the altar. Stay at the altar. See, people come to the altar to get what they want, and then they leave. Come on, somebody. Like I said, we're good to receive than to give. And so it takes a living sacrifice to live at the altar, but this is where the power is, church. Now you come to get redemption, you come to get healing, you get all that, but we need to live at the altar. And so we got to understand that like this is what, this is what uh, the prophet was doing. He was trying to bring them back into the altar to get them back to a connection with God. Amen. Listen, when we're under God's order, and we start living according to his word, you will always be standing at the altar. When you're living the way you need to live, church, we'll always be at the altar because we'll always be under God's order, amen? We are living according to his word. I, I thank God that we belong to a church that still believes in the altar of God, amen? I thank God that we believe in a fellowship, amen, that still believes in altar calls, There is power at the altar, church. Uh, The greatest structure that is needed in America right now is not more buildings. It's a structure called the altar. A structure that needs to be uh, in every church, in every home, and in every heart of every believer. Listen, church, the church altars, listen, have not been torn down by the enemy of this world. They have been torn down through neglect, torn down through decay and rejection by the church to live a more comfortable, less painful, and easy way. People don't want to live at the altar. They want to live around the altar. And they want to take a little dip just to get a little something from God. And when they get their little something, boom, they're out. See, if we want some power and we want some change and we want victory in our lives in 2020, church, it's not going to take a dip coming in and out. You're going to have to live on the altar of God if you want to feel the power of God. Amen. Because this is where change and transformation is made, church. There is a lot of churches, amen, and I don't know why they don't use an altar. I mean, they have altars. They're beautiful. Some of these big churches, these mega churches have beautiful altars, amen. But they are not in use. They're not in use. They look good. They got a lot of wow, amen. But they rather entertain than proclaim. Come on, they're there, amen. They're making a stir, and it looks good. It feels good. It feels like church, amen. But there is no transformation. There is no change in people's lives because there is no altar. We need to go back and live at the altar. A quote by C.H. Spurgeon says this, A time will come instead of shepherds feeding the sheep, the church will have clowns entertaining the goats. I can tell you it's right now. It's happening in the church right now, church. See, the root of neglect in the things of God is pride and flesh. The greatest sin of America is pride, selfishness, and carnality. Lust. We must return to total dependence upon God. We must return to the old-fashioned place called the altar. Come on, somebody. It's at the altar that God gives us clarity. You want 2020 vision for 2020? Let me tell you, it's at the altar. It's when you start to seek God uh, and you start to seek Him for His goodness uh, and you start to seek Him, uh, come on God, I need something in my life. I need a change in my life. When you start to seek Him at the altar, that is when clarity starts to come into your life. That's when you start to see uh, through the spiritual lenses that God wants you to give us. He wants you to take off your shades uh, and put on some glasses for God. To show us, listen, when we come at the altar, church, God shows you and exposes you who you really are. At the altar, you'll find truth, listen, and blessings. If we can get back to the altar, church, this is where victory comes. Come on, you can shout all you want, amen. You can you can see you can be all good on the inside, outside, amen. But if you want true victory inside, you have got to live at the altar. 2nd Chronicles 7:14 NIV says this. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, somebody say turn turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive them of their sins and I will heal their land. See, the altar church, the stones that Elijah gathered were used to rebuild an altar of whole stones. They were made out of whole stones, meaning that there's no tool that was used to shape these stones. No tool was used to be lift, to help them lift, be lifted up. Uh, no tool was there to make them fancy. Uh, they weren't polished stones. They weren't fancy stones that you find at a store, amen. Uh, these stones were whole stones, meaning they were not broken. They were uncut. They were not designed by man. Exodus 20, 25 says this, If you use the stones to make an altar for me, this is the Lord speaking, don't use stones that have been shaped by tools. When you use any tool to them, you make them unsuitable for, for use in worship. In other words, what he says, when you try to beautify an altar, you pollute the altar. What this means to you and Isaiah is that God doesn't just want fragments or little pieces of your life. He wants to whole you. He wants all of you, amen. Now, come on, he wants all of you just the way you are, amen. Now, he wants you just the way you are. Come in with your brokenness and watch him change you around and turn you around, amen. Watch him make his, your mess into a message for him, amen. God wants you to come as you are, and he will shape you, church. You ever try to get all cleaned up and say, I'm going to clean myself up and go back to church? It'll never happen. It's not going to happen, come on. Come on, you can put on the fanciest tie. You can look good on the outside, man. But if it's not fixed inside church, you're still broken. And you're going to have to come and understand that God wants all of you, not the fake you. Come on, somebody. Come on, you got to just be up front with God. And it's at the altar, guy, that he makes He goes, I want you just to come as you are, but I don't want pieces of your life. I want all of your life. Come on, God, I remember when I came to the altar, amen, the powerful place that I'm talking about today. When I came to the altar 24 years ago, a broken, amen, an alcoholic, drug addict, about to lose my wife and my kids, amen. He says, come, bring your whole you, and I'll fix you, and I'll make you whole again. But it had to take all of me the way I was, church. We're not here to make fancy altars or, Platforms And though we'll, we'll put a few lights, church, and that, that's just all part of, the, of, uh, of the, just the presentation, amen. But we're not, we're not here, amen, because there's no altar, no flesh shall glory in the presence of God. God will never give glory and honor to prideful, selfish efforts by man. You see, the importance of the altar is not how it looks or how it's designed. It's the importance of what, what takes place at the altar. Romans 12:1 says to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy acceptable to God. First Peter 5, 5 says this, God resists the proud but he gives grace to the what? The humble. Psalms 51:17 says this, the sacrifice God is broken is, wants is a broken spirit and God will not reject a heart that is broken for or or, or sorry for sin. God wants you to come broken, church. He will not reject you. He will accept you. And he will fix you. Come on, somebody. Church, how we go to the altar, you got to understand, how we go is humble. We got to be humble. If my people will humble themselves, my, the, the people, God says, God says, I will, I am he goes, I, if you come humble, says, God, I'm broken. Uh, God, uh, I'm lost in sin. Uh, God, he says, if you come that way, he says, I will turn your sins away from you. I will make you whole again. He says, I will, ref- I will forgive. I will restore. I will deliver. I will set free. You simply have to live at the altar. It's about having a heart, heart of worship. Remember that song by... by uh, Michael W. Smith, amen, take me back. I want a heart of worship. I'm, you know, give me back a heart of worship. I, I need to go back to the heart of worship. I need a worship at the altar. That's what's needed in the church today is the people getting back to the altar, people that will put value on the altar, people that will live at the altar, not around the altar. See, if you won't value it, you won't care for it. Did you hear that? If you don't value it, you don't care for it. There must be an investment for it, meaning you have to work for it. Elijah called for an investment of people. He called them back to the place called the altar and to pursue God once again. See, pursuit is a a, a proof of desire. When there's pursuit in you, there's desire in you. Pursuit means this means to follow, to chase, to hound, and to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to engage. See, if you really want something, if you, you're going to have to spend some time in pursuing something, right? You're going to have to pursue it. Come on, you know the importance of something by the time. You'll know the importance of something by the time you're willing to give. If you want to pursue God, it's the time that you give him. I want you to show him this clip, Amen. You can you turn off the lights there, Anthony? You put up the sound. I'm going pro! Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know, you know, uh, you'll probably be about as good as I was. That's kind of the way it works, you know, and I, I, I was below average. So, oh, So you'll probably ultimately rank somewhere around there, you know. So, I really, you'll excel at a lot of things, just not this, so I don't want you out here shooting this ball around all day and night. All right? Okay. All right, go Period. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. If you really want something, you really want to move, with God, you need to pursue, and you got to pursue it with all your heart, amen, if you really want God to move in your life. Don't let no one, no one tell you you can't do it. Don't let no one tell you that you can't break that habit. Don't let no one tell you you can't change. Don't let no one tell you that God's going to do this and do that. You don't let no one tell you. You pursue it, and you go with all your heart and watch what God will do. If you really want to see victory in 2020, church, it's going to cost you something. If you really want something in life, you've got to pursue it, amen, it's going to cost you something. You have to make an investment. You need to be blessed. If you want to be blessed, you have to invest. Come on, somebody. Come on, if you want to pursue your dreams, let nothing or no one stop you, church. History shows that things happen when you hit the altar. Abraham, come on, of the father of faith, Amen. Abraham in his crucial times in life hit the altar. This proved to be a turning point for divine direction for him. Here in our text in 1 Kings 18, Elijah had to soak the altar with water. Now I want you to listen to this. A powerful passage of divine power happens when we go back to the altar. And look what it says in 1 Kings 18, 32-35. And it says that he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. And then he dug a trench around the altar large enough to hold about three gallons. He piled wood on the altar. He cut bull into pieces, and laid pieces uh, uh, on the wood. And then he says, fill four jars of water, and pour over the offering and the wood. And after they had done this, he said, do it again. And they did the same thing again. And when they they were finished, now he said a third time. So they did, and the water ran around the altar, and even filled the trench. The story here is that the nation... Listen, the nation's in a drought. And Elijah calls on the prophets of Baal to build an altar of sacrifice. And Elijah built another altar. And he tells them, I want you to pray to your God. And I will pray to my God. And the God who answers by setting the wood on fire on the altar is the true God. Of course, they prayed and prayed, and what happened? Nothing. So Elijah had them soak the altar with water. Listen, this is not only going to prove that the true God is going to come from heaven, the fire is going to come from heaven, but there's a hidden message to the church here. There will never be fire, church, from heaven without water. The fire will fall when the wood is wet. The problem today is we don't see many tears on the altar no more. The altars are not getting wet, church. And it seems today that the church is in the spiritual drought from the drought of dry eyes. Are you getting it, church? Elijah digs a trench around the altar. And listen, if we are going to see a powerful move of God, if we are going to see the manifestation of God, there has to be more work done around the altar. There must be preparations. You see, after the work is done, Elijah prayed. If you don't take time to pray or say, "I don't have time to pray," you shouldn't think it's strange that nothing's happening to you, or you have no power. Because without prayer, church, and the soaking of tears, there is no supernatural fire. But we need to go back. If you want to see your sons and daughters saved, you want a change in your life, you need to see God with some tears. The altars have to be wet in order for the fire to come. Come on. See, we've been hitting the altars with dry eyes. We've been hitting the altars and going through the motions, amen. But there has been no tears. We have to wet the wood, church. In order for the fire to fall, men of God, you read the stories where men, David, soaked, seek God with tears. Remember, you used to seek God with tears? Now we just come to tears because we're going through stuff. We're coming to tears because we, there's something happening. We, 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 want, we want to receive, but we don't want to give. And God wants your life, He wants all of you, He wants the whole you. If you want to see God change it, do some changes in your life. If he wants you to be serious. And when you're serious, tears will flow from your eyes. The wood would get soaked. And the fire would fall, church. Prayer requires work. I said prayer requires work. You're going to have to spend some time. You're going to have to make an investment of prayer in order for God to touch your heart that will cause an urgency in your heart for tears. When's the last time you cried for your family? When's the last time you cried for your son or your daughter instead of complaining about them? When's the last time you cried out for our city of Las Vegas? When's the last time you cried for our nation that's going through turmoil right now? When's the last time you cried out for you? Prayer requires hard work, it's hard work on the flesh. See, the Spirit's willing. But the what? The flesh is weak. We want it. We want the blessing of God. We want to do the right thing. We want to be this and we want to be that. But no one's willing to invest. And how's the fire going to fall if we're not living at the altar? It's hard on pride. It's hard with our carnal mind. See, God wants to change our mind. See, a lot of us are thinking the way we still think. We come to church, but we're still thinking like the world. We're still thinking like the old. God says, I want to renew your mind. I'll transform you by renewing of your mind. That means we've got to wash away all this junk that we've been grown up with and, and, and allow God to come in with the Word of God and soak you with His Word to bring some change. And then come and live at the altar. You're going to have to seek God in prayer, and it's going to take some time. Investment is going to take some work, church. Acts chapter 6, verse 4 says this, but if we give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the work, it says we must continue. Say, I must. We have to continue this church. We've got to continue this. Say, I love to see all you guys just on, on fire and have victory in your life. And I know that you guys want that. The Spirit is willing. There's a spirit here, church, that's willing, but there's also a flesh that's lazy. They want to live around the altar and then come and get when they want and receive when they want, but no one wants to invest and live on the altar. And it's when you get on this altar, church, and when you start to give yourself 100% to God as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, then that's when God starts to move upon your life, and that's when change will come, and that's when victory will come, church. Somebody say amen. See, as I wrap this up tonight, amen, we need to get back to the altar. We need to live on the altar. See, Elijah prepared the altar, and God did the rest. As we cover the altars with sacrifice and fill the trench around it, church, as we prepare the altar, as we do the work, there's going to be a filling, listen, uh, of the Holy Spirit that comes inside of each one of us. Church, this is more than a feeling. This is more than a touch. This is what takes place at the altar. It's called transformation. Transformation, church. After all that had been done, Elijah calls on God. And the true God answers from heaven with what? fire. The supernatural fire of God always falls on divine order. And I'll close with this. If we desire the divine supernatural fire of God in our lives, then what it's going to take for you and I is to go back and live at the altar. We need to live, and there has to be some tears. It's time to soak these altars, church, and let the fire of God fall like never before. Somebody say amen. And when you do this, let me tell you, we will stand in victory. We will stand and shout. We will stand and rise up over our circumstances. Can somebody say amen? Come on, let's all stand up this morning. Hallelujah.